and thank you again for clicking on the Sean B. Show and listening to it on your podcast waves today. Look, this episode was recorded at the Edge Construction Studio in Columbus, Indiana on November 17th, 2022. Edge Construction, masters of site development and dirt work, masters of all things construction. I've been told they can even pour concrete sidewalks all the way up to your front door. Okay? 812-343-3035. Contact Edge Construction for all of your construction needs. Okay? They can help you. Great. They can't help you. They're still great people. Brian Jones and his team, good down at Edge Construction. Tell them the Sean B. Show sent you. Tell them I sent you with love. All right? Today's episode, kind of hodgepodgey, okay? Talking about Thursday Night Football, talking about some Pacers action. We're going to really just try to figure out these Thursday shows. Without further ado, here we go. You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. What's happening? It's Thursday, and welcome into The Sean B. Show. Thursday, November 17th, 2022. I am here in the Edge Construction Studio to talk about sports things for about the next 45 minutes to an hour. I haven't done a Thursday show in so long that I'm not real sure what I want to do with these Thursday shows, right? The Sunday shows are easy. You talk about the upcoming NFL week, okay? Once uh, NFL season's over, then uh, Sunday shows will probably become Saturday shows, and then we'll talk about Whatever. We'll talk about whatever. We'll just keep going until we find more shit to talk about. And we kind of have a consistent layout for what's going to happen. But for right now, the Sunday shows are pretty much NFL pre-shows. We'll go through the whole NFL game lineup, talk about what we think, and go from there. On Tuesday, we'll talk about what just happened on last fucking Sunday. Thursday, not real sure we can do a whole ass thing about Thursday night football. Thursday night football big tonight if you're a Colts fan. Titans Packers meeting tonight on Thursday night football. So a uh, couple things before we get started. Happy birthday, Reggie Wayne. It is Reggie Wayne's birthday. Of course, the wide receivers coach for the Indianapolis Colts. A uh, big part of Jeff Saturday's plan to keep that team going in the right direction for the remainder of the season. Happy birthday, Reggie Wayne. And uh, it's National Homemade Bread Day. And I don't know what that means to most of you. It means probably absolutely nothing to me. But it is also National Butter Day, all show. And uh, I like butter. I like putting butter on things. And today, for National Butter Day, I will make a pledge to put butter on something. I don't know what it's going to be yet. But I'll find butter. I'll put it on the item. And that'll be my celebration of National Butter Day. It is Thursday, November 17th, and I'm excited to be here on a Thursday. It's been a while since we've done a Thursday show. So, yeah, if you are listening on the podcast, these shows are live on Facebook and YouTube at the Sean B. Show Facebook and YouTube pages. Also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash secondstringmedia. We go live every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. If you're listening on the podcast and you're content with that, then continue listening on the podcast. Those are uploaded directly after the show's end. If you're listening live and you're like, I could really use to listen to this in my car, 
at my convenience. Well, the podcast is uploaded to Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. You can find them all right there. Speaking of uploads, last night, the Mind Stacks podcast, a lot of fun. We had my friend Brant Miracle in the studio. Good time chatting with Brant last night. Drank some of uh, Kevin Hart's tequila. And then this is proof to me that the algorithms aren't fucking around. This is solid proof to me the algorithms know what the fuck they're doing. I opened up YouTube today because I wanted to give one more watch to the uh, one more watch to the recap of the Pacers Hornets game last night. And the first thing that pops up is when Kevin Hart was on the Manning cast last season. Now, I don't watch too much Manning cast. I don't get on here in YouTube a whole lot of Kevin Hart do most of my Kevin Hart listening on Spotify. But the first YouTube video that popped up, Kevin Hart on the mating cast, hysterical commentary from last season. And I thought, well, I'll watch this for a minute. But why is it here? And I look behind me, and Brant last night presented us with a bottle of Kevin Hart's tequila. That uh, bottle of tequila... It's called Grand Cormino. Thankfully, I could read it from where I'm sitting as uh, relative to where it sits over behind me on my desk. But uh, just thought that was a funny tidbit from how well the algorithms are listening to me. Now, I put microphones and cameras in this room, so there's not everything's connected to the computer and ultimately the Internet. So everything in here can pretty much listen to me and watch me. It's set up that way. Yeah, so... I'm aiding the cause, but, uh, yeah, still a little scary. Pacers last night had a great basketball game. That was a good game last night. Pacers Hornets close, mostly the whole way. Pacers kind of took over in the final minutes, 125, 113, the final. Listen, I had a lot of harsh criticism of Miles Turner early in the season. They talked about the trade of Miles Turner to the Lakers. They talked about potential return for Miles Turner in a trade to the Lakers. I've continued digging and digging on this for a couple of reasons. A, Miles had his own comments. B, I am interested in what the Pacers might do with regards to their future as they have what appears to be a really good young core now. Tyrese Halliburton Probably the franchise guy. That dude's a stud. 22 points last night. With 11 dimes last night. Great game by Halliburton. Miles Turner, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks. That's a Miles Turner game. That's a that's a perfect Miles Turner game. A double-double with his presence at the rim being known. And don't get me wrong, Plumlee... Plumlee got his wins over Turner as well. Plumlee with 12 points, 10 boards, blocked two shots. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the Pacers win 125-113. Saw some great things last night. Pacers had three guys over 20 points. Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, and Benedict Matherin off the bench for 20 points. Spread a lot of the minutes around. Matherin had been getting around 30 of the game on the off the bench. 22 minutes last night. McConnell got 21. Brissett got 21. Those are all off the bench. And uh, Halliburton's 
gone from a guy who plays 39, 40 minutes. Last night he played 32. Nimhard's done a really good job as well. 22 minutes out, actually out of the starting role last night, 13 points. Uh, got himself a few steals, a couple rebounds. So the Pacers team, this Pacers team is playing pretty well. Like there's nothing to, to they're seven and six. They're, they're right there in the thick of the Eastern Conference, a third place in the Central, which I don't know that division standing so much matter in the NBA anymore. I mean, I'm sure it's cool to win your division. But right now, the important part is the Pacers are sixth in the Eastern Conference. Now we're 13 games into the season. But if the season ended today, the Pacers would skip that whole play-in tourney. They're just in the playoffs. That's a good spot to be in. You want to be a, that six and above. You want to stay there and hang out there. You want to watch your team continue to get better and work its way into where you have a full first-round playoff series. <clears throat> Boston is really good. Boston is really good. They've won eight in a row, nine of their last ten. Another big win last night. Six and one at home, six and two on the road. Celtics are really good. The Bucks are really good. The rest of that you know, you got Atlanta at nine and six, the Pacers at seven and six. They're right there. They're a game out of being third place in the Eastern Conference. So for a season that was supposed to be really bad, the Pacers have started really well. This young core is playing really well. Tyrese Halliburton is emerging as a young stud in this league. 2020 draft pick out of Iowa State. Benedict Matherin. Pretty much Indiana's sixth man. Last year, draft pick out of Arizona. Young core. Trade talks have been around Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. And uh, when you look at, at, at these guys and what they're doing, Buddy Heald's been basically the starter. You know, what, you know, if you, if you look to move these guys, what do you hope to gain? And at this point, where wherein lies the gamble? You've got to be looking to deal Turner. He's at the end of his contract and no guarantee whether he's going to resign. If he doesn't resign, you, you, you lose him for nothing. You don't want to be in that spot. You also don't want to get involved with the Lakers who really can't give you a draft pick until 2028. In 2028, Tyrese Halliburton... All of a sudden, this guy's a ninth, tenth year guy. Not quite. He's an eighth, eighth year guy, ninth year guy, whatever. You know, around in that realm where LA could get you a draft pick. Read a rumor this morning about the Clippers and possibly John Wall's name being thrown around. I like John Wall. John Wall, very fast point guard. Tyrese Halliburton, already a point guard, but plays very well as a two. So lots of different possibilities for the Pacers and what to do with regards to Miles Turner. Obviously, if he's going to continue with this production, and we know what we get with Miles, he can play some half seasons. He can spend some time injured. So far, so good for this 2022-2023 campaign. So far, so good. I, I like I like the direction the Pacers are going. I'm a big fan. The Indiana Hoosiers play at 
Xavier tomorrow night. And I think it's, you're probably looking at the first real test for the, I mean, the, the question that not that they've been tested yet. The question is, is Xavier going to be a test and Xavier perennial mid major kind of powerhouse. Uh, you know, they're unranked right now. What have we got from Xavier so far? You've got, you know, wins over Morgan state, Montana and Fairfield, Indiana, certainly their first real test. Then they've got Florida coming up on the following Thursday, but the Hoosiers 12th ranked in the country. Playing a team from major conference for the first time this season. It'd be interesting to see how they respond on the road away from Assembly Hall. They don't leave Assembly Hall again until December 3rd. And this will be the first time they've left Assembly Hall. December 3rd, that, that, the, the, one of those two Big Ten games, they just kind of stuck at the beginning of December. Rutgers on the 3rd. Then Nebraska comes to Indiana on the 7th. Then it's back to non-conference scheduling. Big one we're looking forward to, November 30th, Indiana, North Carolina. That's at Assembly Hall. You got a big non-conference schedule after that. Of course, you got Rutgers and Nebraska. Then you got Arizona, Kansas. Then you finish your non-conference realm of games with Elon and Kennesaw State. Lots to be excited about the Hoosiers. Lot to be excited about Indiana right now and possibly what could happen this year. You may only get one year with Hood Shafino. You may only get one year with Malik Renault. This may be it. But uh, Woodson's done a great job with this with this young talent, getting them together, done a great job helping develop an actual non-conference schedule so that Indiana doesn't come into, you know, Big Ten regular season with a 12 and one record, their one loss being to the only team that they've played that anybody's heard of, which is usually the big 10 ACC challenge. Number one, North Carolina coming to Bloomington, November 30th. That's going to be exciting. That's going to be exciting. That's 13 days away. Um, I'm jacked for that one. Wednesday night, 9, 15 PM. I'll be able to do mine snacks and then watch Indiana, North Carolina, huge game. Huge game. What do I want to talk about today? I want to talk about football today. I want to talk about the Colts. I want to talk about where we're headed, what direction we're going in. Look at this injury report. Pretty standard stuff. Quiddy Pay didn't play Sunday, and he's still not practicing. Quiddy, a guy you want to get back. JoJo Doman back to full practice after his neck injury. Jelani Woods was limited. Yannick Ngakwe was limited. Stephon Gilmore resting, didn't practice Wednesday. Deion Jackson didn't practice. Rodney McLeod was rest. Kenny Moore II was sick. Want to shore up this injury report and get back to business. I'm assuming, and I can only say this because I, you know, time has proven that we don't know, but I'm assuming Matt Ryan is the starter going forward. This being our best chance to win. And there was a lot of conversation about, okay, now the risk with Ryan and what if we get him hurt? Well, if, we're, if he's worried about getting hurt, there's no way this guy's busting off 30, 30, 38 yard runs. If he's worried about getting hurt. If he's worried about getting hurt. There's no way he's in this offense. Now where suddenly he's rolling out to throw passes. He's, he's, he's rolling out. 
and, and making defenses shift and doing things downfield. And not a long way downfield, but he's definitely moving around in the pocket more. That line is creating those opportunities for him to roll out and go from side to side, and he's not fast. But getting him away from just standing in the pocket, finding ways to, to get him mobile side to side and move that field from side to side, move that line of vision, it's only going to help. A lot of things that we hadn't seen all year that we saw Sunday. So it begs the question, what are we going to see this Sunday against Philadelphia, a team coming off a loss to the Commanders, and Taylor Heineke, who they've announced will continue to start. And I don't know why it would have been any different. Wentz is apparently not ready to come back. Taylor Heineke's done a phenomenal job in the backup role. So I don't know why that would have even been a question. Tennessee plays Green Bay tonight. And look, when you talk about Tennessee and Green Bay, you're looking at a team who the Titans just can seem to play with anybody. Took a loss to the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Got back on track against the Broncos. Nothing super convincing, but a win nonetheless. And now you got to wonder, like, what are they looking? What are they looking at down the road? And I'm trying to, trying to get here, but I'm not getting there. Bear with me for a second here. I thought I was in a place on the internet. I'm not in that place on the internet. Now I'm back on the, now I'm back here. Now we're good. So you look at Tennessee moving forward. And what I wanted to talk about today was different ways the Colts could possibly make the playoffs, different ways the Colts could make a run despite the rough start, despite the head coaching change. Tough schedules coming up. Tough schedules coming up for the entire division. The Titans have Green Bay. Then next week, they've got Cincinnati. Then Philadelphia. December 11th on Jackson, you know, they, they go home and play Jacksonville. But a tough next few weeks. Green Bay can score a lot of points. Tennessee's going to want to keep this game score the pace slow with Derrick Henry. That's their, that's their strength, right? Running the ball with Derrick Henry. They're going to have to get away from that if we get an Aaron Rodgers to act like an Aaron Rodgers, which he did this past week, and he made a star out of Christian Watson. Now, Romeo Dobbs still out today. Other than Dobbs, they've got a lot of guys that are questionable. Bakhtiari, Romeo, uh, Alan Lazard questionable with his shoulder. Aaron Rodgers is questionable, but we know he's going to play. Uh, they have a long list of questionables. Rashawn Gary, the only, Rashawn Gary and Romeo Dobbs, the only outs the Packers have. Of course, Tennessee is just missing Caleb Farley. Randy Bullock, questionable. I assume he'll kick. Uh, Bud Dupree is questionable. Roger McQuarrie is questionable. Jeffrey Simmons is questionable. Everybody looks to be, with the exception of maybe Romeo Dobbs, at pretty full strength. Rashawn Gary is a huge one. You don't want to miss that guy. But I still feel like Green Bay's got the advantage. Of course, they're the favorite, minus three and a half. And I feel like that's an easy three and a half to take. You get Aaron Rodgers back on track and the Packers doing what they can do. It's going to be in the 20s tonight at Lambeau Field. 
Not necessarily a temperature that teams from the South enjoy. If the Packers can get a win, it'd be a, it'd be a, it'd be a win for the Colts. It's a win for the Colts. You look at the Titans at six and three, the Colts at four, five and one. Now the Colts have a test in their own this weekend against Philadelphia, but let's look at scenarios where the Titans would lose and then the Colts surprise the Eagles and get a win. Now you've got a six and four Titans and a five, five and one Colts. Now shit's real. Okay, because the Colts have the Eagles. After the Eagles, though, got Pittsburgh, beatable. Dallas is really good. They got to go to Dallas. That's going to be tough. I don't care who you are. That's going to be tough. Then you got to go to Minnesota. That's going to be tough. Then you've got the Chargers coming to Indy. Got the Giants coming to Indy. Then you go to Houston. So you finish kind of soft. Because I don't know why. I can't explain why. The Chargers aren't very good. And it, it doesn't, it actually doesn't even make sense. Then you look at the seven and two Giants, and I'm still not convinced they're that good. And Giants fans will crush me for that one. But I'm not convinced that they're that good. Saquon Barkley's a stud. But I'm still not sold on the Giants. I mean, look at this. You got, you got the Texans. Here are their wins. The Texans, the Jaguars. They did beat the Ravens, who I think are really good, despite knowing how to blow every game they get a lead in. The Bears, they did beat the Packers. Lost to the Cowboys. They beat the Panthers. They did beat Tennessee in week one. I mean, they lost to Seattle. And they lost to Dallas. Cooper rushed Dallas. Seattle's better than, than I think anybody thought they would be. But I don't think they're a team that you should necessarily come in scared of. They just play really good team football. And Pete Carroll's got them really coached really well. Giants have the Lions this week in New York. We'll kind of be able to better assess that later. We'll see how they do against Detroit. Again, just a I I want to say the seven and two Giants are a product of a soft schedule. Is what I want to say. Now, that doesn't say much about the Colts because the Colts also haven't had the toughest of schedules. They've got a very tough schedule coming up. Tied the Texans, blown away, blown out by the Jaguars. Look at those two games and how rough we started this season. Hot Rod doesn't miss that field goal. We're 5-4-1. and one. The Jaguars steamrolled Indy. In a game that everybody thought Indy would win. So look at those first two weeks, Colts-Texans, Colts-Jaguars, and an and unexplainably bad offense. You flip those two around, now you're 6-3, six, 6-7. Six, what, seven? That's, I mean, it's just that, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I have a bias. I admit to that bias. But the reality is, like, you're this close, that close to just not being in this predicament. 
You win those two games. You are now six and, you know, six and four. Yeah, you're six and four. You're half game behind the Titans. Those two games that you just went in as heavy favorites and blew. And again, it's coaching for me. It's coaching. I've said this throughout Frank Reich's career that this team never came into games prepared. They never came into games prepared. It explains the poor first quarter production. It explains the poor first drive production. They never came into games prepared. Do you know the Colts scored seven points in the first quarter of the Raiders game? Seven points in the first quarter of the Raiders game. That was a season high. A season high. Seven first quarter points. They scored in every quarter for the first time this year. They put up 25. A lot of help. And the fact that the Raiders are bad. But the Raiders aren't the first bad team they've played. And this is the point I'm making when I talk about the positives to take away from this Colts game. This is what I'm talking about. The positives to take away from this win are the fact that this is not the first time the Colts have played a bad team. And it was a better performance than they've done against other bad teams. Let's go through the whole schedule this year. 12-9 over Denver. That was a win, but Jesus Christ. You did get the win over Jacksonville, 34-27. Perfect. But Jacksonville's not good. Washington, 17-16, game we probably should have won. Patriots aren't, aren't that good. 26-3, they blew us out in Frank Craig's last game. Then you come into the Raiders, a bad team. We were underdogs, six-point underdogs, and we won on the road in a coaching debut. After a week that had been riddled with just bullshit. New coach comes in, interim coach, comes in and says, I'm going to start the best guy that we have at quarterback, which is Matt Ryan. That's, that's not even debatable. Okay, Matt Ryan has made some mistakes this year. He has not played well this year. We get it. It's not even debatable. I will not debate anybody that he is better than Sam Ellinger or Nick Foles for that matter. I won't even have that conversation because it's stupid. There were some positives to get from Sam Ellinger in the commander's game. Everything that you thought might be positive was exposed to the bone by Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. 
And I'm not saying that he can't grow into a good quarterback. I'm saying two things here. Right now, he's not. And you don't develop on a playing field on game day. Realistically, you don't develop in the NFL. Like, you learn as you go, but you don't pick up talents that you never had by after you get to the league. This is not how it works. Look at Jordan Love in Green Bay. Jordan Love in Green Bay has those skills. Maybe not the football IQ that Aaron Rodgers has. Those are things you can learn in the NFL. But the skills to know what to do with the football, the ability to throw a good football, that those are things that you have by the time you get drafted. Tim Tebow was another guy. Great in college, never picked up those skills because you don't develop those in the NFL. It's very hard to figure out entirely new throwing mechanics and an entirely new approach to the game based on the talent you have. Tom Brady was a six-round pick. Doesn't matter. Okay? It doesn't matter. Tom Brady is an obvious anomaly. So Matt Ryan starting at quarterback for the Colts against Philly Sunday. We're in Indy. Okay, we're Lucas Oil. We're vibing in Indy. And it feels like a big game, right? Every game kind of feels like a playoff game now. Like, if you want to have a chance. And look, everybody that's a, a fan, <clears throat> whether you're a realist or not, should go into every game like we still have a chance. Like we're not mathematically eliminated. We still have a chance. We're not even close to mathematically eliminated. We're, we're closer to being in first place than we are to being eliminated. And, again, I've watched Colts all year. I know from a realistic standpoint it sounds crazy. But if you don't fan like this, then what, what are you even watching for? Why do you buy their shit? We may go get blown out by the Eagles, and then you'll look and see that this is what the Colts are going to do against really good football teams. What's the point? At that point, fine. you got to test, though. You have an opportunity against Philadelphia, a 7-1 team who a lot of people think is the best team. A lot of people thought was the best team. Kansas City is the best team. I had the Eagles at number one for a very short time. It's kind of like that same denial that Patrick Mahomes is going to always get, though. Like, it's trying to make an argument with Patrick Mahomes and anybody else for MVP. Josh Allen had a case. He's losing it. We always try to stack up to who can measure up to Mahomes for this MVP battle. It's kind of like that. But when you can go in and play good football against the Eagles, get a win. Like I said, now you're now you're five, five, and one. Got a really good shot to. I mean, to win 10 games. Tough schedule coming up. 
with Dallas and Minnesota. But the other four are winnable. I mean, if you can go, if you can go nine, seven, and one, you give yourself a shot to win the AFC South. That's my opinion. Nine, seven, and one, you give yourself a shot to win the NFC, the AFC South. That means you got to win one of those that Eagles, Vikings, Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings. One of those NFC games you got to win. At least. And that's provided you can beat the Giants, Texans, Chargers, Steelers. We'll see. Like I said, it's a lot to root for. There's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot of positives to look at. And hey, who knows what the fuck's going on in that room, right? Like who knows what's actually going on in that room? Who knows where they are? We know it all starts tonight, though. Packers, Titans, Tennessee gets a loss. That's a big help, okay? That's a huge help. And like I said, Thursday night football, I want to look at this game. It has an over-under of 41 and a half. I want to look at it. Oh, it's just just 41 now. Have we watched any Thursday night football? Over on Thursday night football? 41's a low number. 41's a low number. You got Packers, Titans. Tannehill is back in the Titans lineup. So you're not dealing with just Derrick Henry. Now you've got a guy who can throw the ball. I think Malik Willis was very limited in what opportunities he got to show what he can do by Vrabel. I think they just relied so heavily on Henry while Tannehill was out. Over under is 41. It's Packers minus three. I like Packers minus three. I think Green Bay wins this game. I I don't know what kind of, I don't know if it's going to be a high scoring game or not. I know the Titans love to rely on Derrick Henry and if Aaron Rodgers can go out and be Aaron Rodgers and put some points on the board and take that total Derrick Henry element away from the Titans and make Ryan Tannehill win this game that's going to be in the 20s as far as temperature goes, that's Green Bay's best approach. You've got to come out on offense and you've got to be solid and you've got to score. You've got to put some points on the board, put the pressure on Tennessee to get away from that safety net they have in King Derrick Henry. I like it. I like, I like, I like the Packers' chance to win tonight. That that bodes very well for the Indianapolis Colts. Get a Packers win tonight. Now we're talking about okay. Now we're talking about Tennessee six and four. Get a Colts win. Colts five and five. Five five and one. We're right there. Right there in the thick of it. And that's the, that's the chance, right? Like you've got to look at the wild card in the AFC. Uh, the the East has. You know, three teams that have won six games. The West, you know, has a five and four Chargers. The North, a five and four Bengals. So, wild card. I don't know. I don't know. If that's your. I don't know. If that's your focus. I think you're looking only at the AFC South and how to win it. Uh, the the bad part is you don't have any opportunities against Tennessee anymore. That's the bad part. You're done playing Tennessee for the year. And they beat you twice. So any tiebreakers, of course, with the tie, I don't know that tiebreakers are ever going to apply. You just have to get, you have to get your win total above theirs. It can be done. 
it can be done. There, there's there's ways to beat the Titans. They're not a juggernaut. They have been the best team in the South so far this year. So we'll see. Houston Texans down at one win. Ugh. Rough year for them. Detroit now three and six, passing the Bears. No longer in last place. I like it. Got to talk about this AFC East, though. I briefly alluded to the fact that the Bills are the third-place team in that division right now. And to be quite honest, they're playing the third-best football in that division right now. The Jets are out of nowhere. Okay? Let's go back and look at what the Jets have done. Got a loss to the Ravens. Beat the Browns barely. Bengals crushed you. You beat the Steelers. Then you beat the Dolphins. He put up 40 points against the Dolphins. Let's go back to that Dolphins game. Zach Wilson, 14 to 21 for 210. No tuts in a 40-point effort. Brees Hall, been a stud. Michael Carter, a couple tuds. Braxton Berrios with a tud. Zach Wilson, one on the ground. This is back against Miami. This is week uh, five. You beat the Packers. Of course, Green Bay's down. Beat the Broncos. Broncos country. The loss to the Patriots was rough, but then you come out and beat the Bills. And it's like, secretly, without being noticed at all, the Jets are 6-3. and three. I don't know that they've played anybody, and I don't know how good they actually are. I've kind of put them on the same level with the Giants. I think they're still the best team in that area, I think they're better than the Giants, but I don't know that the Jets are legit. I think they're on their way, though. I like this Zach Wilson kid. I think they're on their way. The Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs argument for best team in the NFL is, is a lot like Shoei Otani's argument for AL MVP. Um, <laughs> they're just doing it. They're 7-2. and two. They got the guy who's playing quarterback better than anybody, Patrick Mahomes. He's going to find a way. Okay. Chiefs took a lot of shit over losing to the Colts, which they should have. They're seven and two. We're through, they're through nine games. They're seven and two. Best record in the AFC. Only team with a better record is the Philadelphia Eagles, who just took a loss. Of course, the Vikings also, excuse me, have a better record. And it's funny because, yes, that's an 8-1 and one Eagles team. Yes, that's an 8-1 and one Vikings team. I don't know which of those two teams is better. I know they played earlier in the year. 24-7, Eagles-Vikings, week three, week two. I don't know which one of those teams is better, but I know that I don't put either of them ahead of Kansas City. I can't. I can't. Again, it's like it's like arguing AL MVP with Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge. You want to make Aaron Judge the AL MVP. A lot of people want to do that. But look at Shohei Otani. He's an all-star pitcher and an all-star hitter. He's two all-stars. There's no argument that can be made for Aaron Judge to surpass Shohei Otani, in my opinion, for that award. You're crazy if you think there is. I want to say I kept this the other day. I 
saw something on uh, on the Facebook that I thought was insane. I didn't keep it. I didn't keep it. It was Ben Verlander's MVP picks. And, of course, he had Shohei Otani. Paul Goldschmidt was the NL MVP pick for him. For me, it's Pete Alonzo. But, you know, it's, it would seem as if Aaron Judge is kind of the front runner in that MVP battle. I know baseball's over. We won't talk a whole lot more baseball. But I don't know, and, I, and I, I've wanted to talk about this for a while, I don't know how you could put we're going we're gonna to look for some stuff on the interwebs here because I don't know how you can put anybody above Shohei Otani. To me, it's not even close. I want to see the odds. There we go. Let's see the odds. Aaron Judge is minus 10,000. Shohei Otani is plus 2,500. Is that true? Is that true? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on Caesars here. I found that on Google, but I'm going to go on Caesars. If I can get Shohei Otani at plus 2,500, baseball, future bets. Featured bets. Can I not bet on the? It does not let me find that on Caesars. I'm trying to figure out how Shohei Otani is plus twenty. The guy is two all stars. The guy is two all stars. It's unbelievable to me to think that somebody else would be considered for that award. I don't care that Aaron Judge broke the home run record for the American League. I, I don't care. Shohei Otani is two All-Stars. Blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. He got it last year. He deserved it. He, got it. he should get it this year. He's on a bad team, and that I'm sure that doesn't help, but I don't know. I don't know how a guy who is an all-star as a pitcher and an all-star as a designated hitter is anything but your MVP. Who is more valuable than that? Aaron Judge could be everything he wants as a hitter. Bats over 300, broke the AL home run record. It's respectable. I love it. It's amazing. It's an amazing season. Shohei Otani had two amazing seasons in one. So how this award goes to anyone else is, is beyond me. It almost feels like people have to. It's, it almost feels like he has to win it. How can he not? He broke the home run record for the American League. It's very simple. Show he does the work of two. He deserves the MVP. He deserves the salary of two. 
doing the work of two. But I digress. Thursday night football should be amazing. I will be doing a same game parlay on this game. Okay. As if I do every Thursday night football. And I don't know which direction I want to go. I had been, I had been leaving the, uh, the game result completely out of it and just focusing solely on player props. But I feel so confident in that the Packers can cover this minus three tonight that I may bet that. I may include that. I like betting the over on the game, but we know how Thursday night works. We know how primetime has worked when it comes to overs. There hadn't been a lot of scoring. The Munich game, under. Monday night football, under. Sunday night football, under. It's been the way of the world. But now it goes. So we'll see here where the player props lie and where Thursday night football lies. This is the Sean B. Show. Hey, I'm recording this at the Edge Construction Studio. And guys, Edge Construction, these guys can do anything, okay? Site development, dirt work. You need a sidewalk poured all the way up to your front door. Hey, that's what's up. That's what's up. Edge Construction can do it all. Call my boy Brian Jones, okay? Brian Jones got you covered. Tell him the Sean B. Show sent you. Brian Jones and Edge Construction, that number. I always have to look it up. I think I'd write it down. 812-343-3035. Brian Jones and Edge Construction. These guys can help you out. Also, give a little shout-out to Just Like Home Doggy Daycare. If you need some dog-sitting services, weekend stays, overnight stays, day-to-day dog daycare sitting, just like home doggy daycare's got you covered. Look, you may have to be away, but for your pets, it'll be just like home. You can find just like home doggy daycare on Facebook or at just like home doggy daycare.com. Couple things. I'm going to get that second string media.net website going again. We've got it launched. It's out there. There's not much on there. Uh, honestly, the creating the time to put into that uh, when you're kind of a one man operation has been difficult, but, uh, you know, that's been the big thing. I need some help. I need some help. The problem with needing help and not having any money is those two typically don't go hand in hand. So that's what it is. It's been a Thursday show, the Sean B. Show. Look, uh, I'll figure out how to format these Thursday episodes as we go. Um, the Sunday ones are easy. The Tuesday ones are easy. I'm excited to see who the AL and NL MVPs are. I know... Uh, the AL Cy Young winner was announced. Last, no, the NL Cy Young winner was announced last night. So, uh, uh, Justin Verlander got the AL Cy Young. And then uh, Sandy Alcantara, the Marlins, got the NL Cy Young. So we should hear, I believe we'll hear the MVP awards tonight. Let me Google that. I'm not, uh, I'm guilty of not, uh, let's see here. We'll know. Oh God. 
November 17th, 6 p.m. November 17th. That's tonight. So we'll know it's 6 p.m. And uh, I'm sure I'll have a post out there because, look, I'm going to try to find a way to bet that. If they're giving Shohei Otani plus 2,500, this is a guy who I wholeheartedly believe deserves this award. Shohei gets plus 2,500 odds. Aaron Judge minus 10,000. They're that certain that Aaron Judge is going to win it. I'm that certain that Aaron Judge doesn't deserve it and not because of anything he didn't do. Batted over 300, American League home run record for a single season. That sounds like an MVP season. It really does. But Shohei Otani was an all-star designated hitter and all-star numbers as a pitcher. Like he's doing the work of literally two. Nobody should contest him for this award whatsoever. Writers, what are they going to say? We'll see. Like apparently, that's at six o'clock tonight, um, and uh, yeah, we'll have a we'll have a conversation about it on Sunday. Guys, this has been the Sean B Show again, recorded live in the Edge Construction Studio. It's Thursday. We'll be back every Thursday from here on out. Okay, eleven a.m. Eastern, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday on the live shows. You can catch those on Facebook, YouTube at the Sean B Show, or Twitch.tv/slash Second String Media. And, of course, for you live viewers on the podcast, you can get that in Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. We will see you Sunday. Before Colts Eagles kick off Sunday at 11 a.m., we'll be live talking football. See you then. Thanks, guys.